What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. This is part two of my most recent conversation with Dr. Michael J. Consuelos, who has so generously offered himself as a resource during this time. He has a lot of experience doing emergency medical response. He is a pediatrician by training and has pandemic response expertise as well. I'm so grateful for Michael and all that he's learning and hearing on the front lines and all that he's doing to serve. This is part two of our previous conversation. So if you haven't listened to the most recent episode with him, I encourage you to do that first. And now in this conversation, we're going to get into business planning for three to six months out, as well as what we've both learned personally and professionally, and all kinds of other random bits and bon mots as we let our brains wander during this crazy time. Without further ado, let's get into part two of our most recent conversation. So, so buying us time is so, so important. And during this time, I guess to pivot the issue around scenario planning, I think it's important for organizations to build something to give themselves time, do the things you need to do, obviously, to keep your business afloat and service your customers and take care of your employees and all those things that are truly, truly important. And at the same time, I would urge leaders to think about uh, different scenarios if this is going to be drawn out. Don't be caught off guard of how to manage your organization for longer periods of time, how to manage your organization in different scenarios uh, to uh, work differently. And, and, I, and I can't, you know, I don't know what that's going to be like, but it's clearly a, a, a more virtual existence. Uh, and giving space to your employees to do that. I think also there is some sense in my mind in the scenario planning is if things go well, right? Let's say we get through this pretty quickly. Uh, how can we possibly uh, plan for what the recovery stage for your organization is? So, so you, right now you're at the grass tops of your organization trying to manage day to day. I would urge folks to get past that and look at what are the scenarios if we have to bring things online differently in the next three to six months? What are those actions? From the military perspective, also the other thing is in this scenario planning is something that I've been talking to several businesses is don't forget that you're learning and that there is some real time change management, transformation that you can do. Uh, and how do you take the time to ingest that and, and share that? So in the military, we do what's called an after-action review. So every time that we go in and, and uh, do something important, there's, there's an after-action review, and there's something called the hot wash, which is you know, kind of a confusing term. But basically, it means while everything's still hot in your mind, when you're still in um, putting yourself into the, into the space of learning and, and things are fresh in your mind, that's the time to talk about what went well, what didn't go well, and what can you do next time. So as you're changing your business and as you're thinking about different scenarios, make some space for yourself to do a, um, a hot wash like in real time. right? Don't, don't say, oh, we're going to write this down. So as you're, as you're having meetings, as you're having email exchange, 
I would encourage it highly for your organization to take note of those, journal them, and and in real time learn from those from those events. I'm um, learning so many new words today. <laughs> Hot wash, even grass tops. Like is that what you called it? The grass yeah, tops. The grass. Well, yeah, because. Well, you know, everybody's, you know, look for the, miss the trees for the forest or the forest of the trees, whatever it is. And right now I think we're not even at the tree level. We're at the, the tops of the grass. And some people may that be is like, so at- funny. Cause I, I, it reminds me of the phrase grassroots, like yeah. grassroots change, grassroots organization. Certainly that can be happening in organizations and then also pull yourself out of the grass tops. And yeah. what you just said too, about hot wash. Cool. Another new word. Thank you. MJC yeah. Thank is you. Yeah. so interesting. Cause in the podcast, oh man, this is the third time it's come up today. I attended a session and then I did a podcast with Sarah Santa Croce on gentle business and empaths during this time. But in all three conversations, the message has come up. Journal what you are learning. Journal what you are experiencing. Be an open channel. And what you're saying from the business, even military history that you have, do the situational analysis now. Now is where the ripeness is, the learning, the the gold you can mine from the experience because later it's all going to be a blur. And I could certainly say that. I don't even know my own name. You hear me have this this brain that's like things are there and then they're gone. And that's just kind of how it is right now. But that's a great point that we yeah. should be doing this situational analysis and even scenario planning for if things stay this way for six months. And what if they bounce back? Like I think I can say for myself, I haven't even... I've considered that a little bit. That tends to be how I run my business is preparing for when my BFF, Tim Ferriss, asks me to be on his podcast or Oprah, you know, neither of whom know that that I exist, but I'm always planning. Would I be ready? I'll I'll let them know. Great. That'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Amidst everything else that you're doing, if you don't mind, just putting in a good word. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll name drop you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. We're we're good. So yeah, I'm always thinking about what if... What if the big influx come? What if you catch that lucky break, yeah. so to speak? And then also, what if you get really unlucky? What if? Yeah. I mean, that's All already right. happening in a way. <laughs> so, so, many this term, so this is not a new term. This term is out there, the third door, right? So you mentioned two scenarios, but what's the third? What aren't we thinking about? And I'll add to that. My friend, Christine Ariolo calls it uh, the sacred third. Solution. Oh, 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 yeah. So I love the third door. And then the sacred third is that you might be stuck in a polarity thinking that something is if this, then that, or one way or the other, almost in picturing a tug of war. And the way she described, I call it combinatorial questions, but you just elevate out of that polarity that you're stuck in, or things are going to be this way yeah. or this way. They're going to be amazing or horrible. And you say, what's the sacred third solution? What is that? higher consciousness approach to the situation. How can I rise above what I see as my only two choices here? And this happens a lot, even in relationships. Like sometimes if Michael and I, let's say we're at odds about something, boom, suddenly we'll think of the sacred third solution where we're both happy with the results, you know? Um, And, and I think it takes a level of creative thinking and expansive thinking and, and a willingness and awareness that those solutions are out there but you got to know to look for them or those third doors are out there. What is it? And get creative about figuring out what that is. 
Yes, yes, and yes. So the scenario planning piece, I was, you know, my brain was sort of locked down a little bit. Now you help me clarify that. Yes. So, so what if, what is your business doing going to do if this stays another three months? What is, what is your business going to do if uh, this is uh, short lived? And what are the first actions that you have you planned your first actions? And then I don't know what your third option is, but I think the organizations who are open to that third option are likely to be right. How's that? Because <laughs> I, I don't think, it, I think short or long isn't the answer. I think there's something else that's going to happen that we don't know and just let that happen, but be, be open to the thinking around that. And how is your team responding to it? Uh, so I think there's, there's definitely, there's, yeah, there's so much to talk about in the third door option, but I think it's instead of forcing it and giving people that like, Oh, you should think about this. Like that's your job. You, that's you right. Yeah, the on. onus is on you, listeners. Yeah, this is your inquiry to take home as homework. But that's true, and I do think, I do think that there will be some leaders and companies that put a band aid on, like, oh my god, we're bleeding, and then they just stick a band aid. Sorry for my gruesome metaphor. No, and then there are yeah. going to be others that that actually say, how do we? Now I'm stuck on this metaphor, <laughs> but there's either like sort of. Uh, short-term stopgap solutions, or you can admit like this may change things for a long time. Certain aspects of our society and the way we do business will be accelerated or pivoted, uh, ahem, you know, in a way that uh, we won't go back to Tell the way more. things were. <laughs> Tell me more. I should write a book on that, don't you think? <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. Like, so... Are we on like a, like a, a weird uh, late night uh, infomercial now? It's, it's, sorry. <laughs> You know what, Michael? All right. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just joking saying. with you because my brain, I'm like, I got COVID-19 brain. I'm oh, sorry. me too. And now we're, we're recording this in the afternoon as well. So I get yeah. really loopy uh, around this time. Yeah. But really though, I love what you said that it's the organizations and the people who are willing to take that third door and ask for that sacred third solution and evolve beyond just fixing what seems like a short-term thing and go beyond emergency mode basically and really go what you said was so powerful of if you could prepare for this battle, would you? Yes. So what would that look like? And what would you have done differently? I also think it's very informative to say, in what ways was I caught off guard by this? And in what ways was I not prepared? Whether it's something as simple as not having an emergency fund for yourself personally, or business reserves, you know, six months of payroll for your business, which I didn't have. I was getting there. I was waiting for a few big checks to come in and they were going straight into that account. And then poof, away those went. They never stepped in and said, aha, you have to grow. Right. So, so yeah, you you have to grow and, and look at in what ways, what would we do differently and how can we prepare more and, and I think too, you know, this is really funny because Michael and I were brainstorming a little bit in a Google Doc offline. But Michael, you asked a funny question. What will happen to all the COVID-19 experts when this goes away? That's a real question. I, I, mean, I right think it's now, kind of, it's funny because there are some that maybe oh my God. aren't I mean, actual experts, but then there, oh, there yeah. are many experts who have yeah. stepped up and have been so helpful, right. like you, you're legit. Um, but well, tell me where okay. that question came from. I want to I want to riff on that for a minute. Uh, oh, so here's why the question. So the other day, a very upstanding someone who actually I respect and is actually like someone who I follow on um, on Twitter did something very interesting. And then I started poking around, like, wait a second, what's going on here? And and so 
uh, Twitter put out a call for people to be, uh, was it verified? Is that right? I'm, I'm sorry, my brain is mushy on, on t- Twitter, right? To be a verified. I think it's verified. Yeah, yeah, verified. I've been hung out on Twitter check, for a long time. <laughs> that blue check mark, the famous yeah. blue check mark, right? If you have a blue check mark, you've reached some sort of Twitter uh, godlike status. And this person said, hey, uh, Twitter is asking people to chime in and send them information about people who should be verified, right? And I go, for public health, COVID-19, whatever, whatever's going on right now. Right? I go, is that really what we're doing? Are we, is this high school? Are we going to start like putting up posters in the hallway and say, please elect me as president and then have some sort of, you know, like, cause that to me is at some level a popularity thing, right? Sorry folks who are verified. Um, but you know, there's some popularity because there might be some experts who aren't even on Twitter and, and we all know, look, there's people who have Twitter and there's people who have Twitter in quotations. I mean, they, they have people who are basically tweeting for them and curating content and you know, there's a whole secondary industry around that. And so then there's people who are publishing, you know, there's the COVID-19 experts. And I just I threw this question out to you. What's going to happen when these people who are in our consciousness day in, day out, and then it goes away? Right. Well, they, well what do you what, think? What? It's time to pivot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> it's like, but here's the thing. I think this time is 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 showing people stripes in a really unique way because it's huh. it's actually putting out there for the world to see how do you respond in a in a time of global yeah. crisis because it is such a global event. There have been many situations that come up in the news media that I don't address in my newsletter. I kind of made a policy to myself. I, I really respect people that every time something big happens, they say my heart goes out to everyone in this part of the world. And I kind of don't do too much of that because mm, I don't know. It just, I would do it every week. If, if, if that's, if that's what I was doing, I would be every single week. And then who do you include in that weekly compassion from what's happening in the media and who do you ignore? And it just seemed to get really weird for me. This, I can't ignore it. I cannot ignore it. Everything in me says pivoting the frequency of the show, the topics, addressing what's happening now how soon, how imperfect things are, you know, like how soon they go live on the, on the podcast. And also it feels very disingenuous to just run normal content right now. I have some, I have some in the can and I will release some of that, but it's as if there were two versions. There's things I recorded pre pandemic and then there's now. And so I think that so many um, people who are in the public eye in any way, large or small, or who have a platform it's like people described, even Lindsay described seeing people posting about their vacation and they're like romantic getaway, you know, just to avoid. <laughs> yeah. And so, so a lot yeah. of that's going to be called yeah. into question. And if, yeah. if someone's a true legitimate COVID-19 expert, I actually think this, this, we will look back and we will look to them as a time they really stepped up. They gave, they poured their heart out, just like you, like you said, how can I help? And that you're going to have so many connections and this isn't going to be the last pandemic. We know that, you know, this isn't going to be the last time that that expertise and that care and compassion is needed. It's, but you're going to be out there now because you were one of the people that raised your hand and said, yes, count me in. And people are going to do that in their own way with who they can serve and with the expertise that they have. So I guess everyone who had been talking about this topic will just have to shift the topic, but ideally still has the heart and intention and authenticity that they brought even to this topic. Yeah. And I think I like the pivoting piece. So their experience 
can make a, a better world today, but I think tomorrow too. So, so how do we prepare ourselves for the next pandemic or other thing that's going to cause the same problem? So I, I don't, so it was sort of, a, it was sort of a tongue in cheek question. Cause I, I sort of may be putting myself a little bit in that bucket also, but boy, boy, am I learning a lot about myself shifting how I'm doing things. I've, I, you know, looking maybe a little bit of introspection here. I, it's it. So how do I take this and move forward and not just for the sake of staying in the public eye or, or continuing my expertise at some level, but growing as a person. And, and so my hope is that there's folks out there who can take what they've done, take their voice. And this is a little bit of a kind of a side note here, but it, you know, let's, how about we start listening to people in medicine and science when it comes down to questions around medical things and science, right? So, I mean, nothing against actors or other public figures doing some promos for things that are important to help push out a message, but, but there's, um, but why are we asking them? Right. So I'm a big soccer fan and, um, there, it's a very interesting video, and somebody will put in a clip. Uh, and I'm, I'm spacing on the manager's name right now. He's the Liverpool manager. Uh, I'm a Man City fan, so it doesn't matter if you remember uh, his name. But they asked him, like, literally, this is all happening in the UK. They said, Well, what do you think about the Premier League uh, stopping games or something? They asked him a question about uh, <laughs> what's happening in COVID here, there in the UK. And he's like, Hey, I'm a football manager, right? Why are you asking this to me? Let ask that question of the scientists or the doctors. You know, it was a perfect response. Yes, unless unless they're right, unless they're asking, "What's your perspective as a sports team leader, owner, coach?" Because I do think if someone's asking that person, they're not asking him, expecting that he's a doctor. They're saying, "What's it like for you having a sports team that can't play right now, having your season ended, having the Olympics postponed?" You know, I think that's where people can speak from their oh, slice yeah, yeah, of experience. Yeah. That, that wasn't the question. That was question was like, I think, the, again, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, what do you think people. of the distancing yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like, I like a real question. He's like, look, you know, follow the, you know, so I'm sorry to get off that high horse. Can I no, I like it. I, I want to, so, I want all high horses, high and low horses. Um, <laughs> so, so the other question I had that I think is going to be interesting is, as I mentioned earlier, my son works for ESPN, right? And, uh, and he is, so he works on the marketing operations side. I want to get all the technical piece, but they're, you know, they're, you know, NBA is not playing. There's no March Madness. That's on another, that's another network, but there's really no sports going on. And so the other day for about 15 minutes, I'm watching the world rock skipping championships on ESPN or, or wherever. The ch- I'm like, so what are people doing out there to keep themselves entertained? I've seen a lot of interesting things on YouTube and on, uh, you know, different social medias, but what's happening to our current sort of enjoyment or what's going to be the darling of, of sports during this time of social isolation or what's going to survive? I don't know. Just these kind of crazy questions. It's kind of crazy questions. I mean, we're all business all day, but, but there's parts of me going, I wonder what's happening out there. And there's business. I mean, there's huge, can you imagine being a, an ad buyer for ESPN? Your demographic is the whatever, 18 to 45 year old male that watches basketball, whatever it is. How are you, how are you getting your, your product out there? Not that it's the most important thing in the days of COVID and all the things we just got finished talking about. But that's the other question I have. So as, as you're, as a business owner, how are, what are the usual channels by which you're advertising your business? And then, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. on that. Well, not but, to mention, let's say an event like the Olympics, 
that's planned for years. And there's so much sponsorship and advertising and the athletes have been preparing for four years. And in that case, I've seen the athletes signing a petition saying, please postpone the Olympics and, and, and don't postpone this decision because we are still having to practice until you tell us it's postponed. We're putting ourselves in danger of practicing with our team members and it's just wild because there are things that have massive financial downstream effects and yet it just does not make sense to keep them. And I even had a, a conference that I was set to attend got, got postponed from April to July. And there's a part of me that I'm thinking, I don't even know if I want to travel in July. I mean, so that's back to, <laughs> that's me jumping around. The thing I wanted to say way back to the expert piece was I really do think people are finding their voice right now because it's mm. the kind of thing you can't ignore and it's hard to be quiet about this. Some mm. are purposely ignoring it and saying, okay, enough already, let's keep moving. That's fine. That's their voice. That's their take. I do think people are finding their voice in a really powerful way. And I wanted to ask you, because you said you're learning a lot personally and professionally. I'm actually curious, what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself during this time that maybe you might not have surfaced otherwise? Wow, that's a deep question. See, folks, you can tell we didn't prep for that question. Um, the de- the, uh, the, I, so um, I'm okay. Here's I think this is right off the top of my head. So I I've taken Myers Briggs a million times, and uh, for different organizations, for different leadership roles, there's always you know the the, the facilitated Myers Briggs exercise that that you do, and I've always been a really strong E. Um, and so I've always lived the E style, which is, is that I really do get energy from other people. I, um, it, I was, a, I was a leader that would leave my office. I had this practice where I would leave my office at least twice a day and walk around and speak to people at their workspace to connect with them, not just ask them about their work, but how they were doing as a person. And that was something that I tried really hard to do because it not only I thought was important for a leader to do, but it, I found it that it helped me reset and reinvigorate my own energy as a leader to, to leave my work and find interest in the people who work for me or work with me. And it became this uh, constant touchstone for me to, to, to have that interaction. And over the past year, I've been doing a lot more consulting. I've, I've left those kind of jobs, those nine to five in-person jobs. Uh, thank you, Jenny Blake, for helping me that, through that journey. I didn't even I have, pay you for that product placement, know, for that plug. I know. Amazing. It, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now in this, as i looking back, I, it was a story I was telling myself that I need that to be driven, that to find purpose or energy as being an E. Right? That's like the Myers-Briggs mantra, right? That you get energy from other people and being with other people and that is how that drives certain parts of your personality. I'm sure I'm butchering this. I'm sorry, everybody who's certified in, in Myers-Briggs. And it's interesting that I have, I wake up in the morning, I am so excited to do the work I'm doing right now because of the urgency and what we've been talking about for the past several podcasts. And I'm doing a lot of that by myself. Now I'm connecting with you right now uh, through a sort of different medium. I still need that connection. I still need that interaction at some level, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm learning about myself that I, that 
that the purpose of the work that I do is fuel for my fire for the work that I need to accomplish and to making uh, sort of my, my uh, personal sort of motto and my, um, what I try to think about that I'm try I try to take the comp, I try to simplify the complex so that people can take care of themselves. That's like, that's my, uh, I forget what's the right word I'm saying. My purpose in life is that I tell myself is that I take really complex problems, try to simplify them to some level so that people can be in a better place in healthcare when I work with healthcare or as I coach people as a better leader. But I try to to take those complex things. And I've always felt, felt that noble purpose, that's the word I'm looking for, that noble purpose of myself to do that, some of that energy because it is me working with other people that I need to that it's a give and take at some level and I have to be with people. I think I'm learning that that drive, that work is again, the fuel of the, the for my fire to, to do that. I don't need to be with, I love being with people. Don't get me wrong, but I've sort of adapted or I'm learning how to shift in this because it's needed. Um, I'm sorry to ramble there. But no, that's you're a not really, rambling. That's, a, that's so well said. That's a that's a really interesting question. I hadn't thought about it until you asked it. But as I reflect in the moment, uh, what I identified myself as um, is shifting. And isn't that so fascinating? I think everybody listening could ask that question. How have you already adapted? How has your identity already shifted of what you, who you thought you were or what you thought you were capable of? And you said simplifying complexity, that's a big theme of mine as well. Someone once said to me, oh, so it sounds like you create order from chaos. And my brother used to tell me, oh, talking to me is like putting all your problems in a blender and then I spit out a delicious smoothie or something. <laughs> it was really sweet wow, how you said that's it. that's great. Yeah. And um, I just love hearing well, what you've well, learned. So look, can I turn the tables and ask you, because I know we're running a little bit long here, but sure. can I ask you the same question? Sure. I, yeah. Here's so, so what, have you, what have you learned since in the week that we've talked about, we, we shortened the time up a little bit. So in the six or seven days since we last really had a one-to-one, what's, what's been the shift or what's been the learning? Wow. Or, yeah. That feels like a month since we last did our, our I don't it know does. what it was, episode 161, I think. I can't believe that was one week or ago. 159. One of those 159 two. was even when this whole thing started. And before I do that, I just have to get this off my head of sports. What's going to shine? I think yeah, we're going to yeah. see okay. virtual stuff. We're going to see solo games. Oh. Michael's been playing chess online. He's been doing jujitsu with a dummy that like you can buy. There's going to be very creative solutions that keep people doing their sports, but I don't know what the darling will be in the sports world. Uh, so what have I learned? In the last seven days, wow, I love that you shortened the time frame even. I am feeling grateful for skills I had been practicing previously, like surrender and emotional awareness, and just noticing and being able to name my emotions. So to say, wow, I'm waking up with a lot of anxiety today, or I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now as a business owner and to name it has taken a lot of the sting out and a lot of judgment. So I'm not judging myself. I'm just noticing these things. And then I keep moving or, wow, I'm exceptionally tired today. I had no idea this Saul really caught up with me, not right now, but that's how I felt yesterday. So being able to 
identify these things in a way. I think that's helped me feel resilient, feel more resilient than I might have, let's say, pre-writing pivot, because writing pivot gave me a, a huge sense of calm that change is I, how often, Michael, do you hear me say like on the podcast and elsewhere, if change is the only constant, let's get better at it. You know, my this husband, the Michael, first time. makes That's fun of me. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. I haven't heard that before. Well, Michael makes fun <laughs> of me because it's like, if change is the only constant That's and I'm constantly good. at broken record, Yeah, but it's true. And now change is definitely the only constant and it's happening daily, hourly, minutely. So I think I've also learned that when I feel very passionate and very called to serve, I know what to do. I can't say where this podcasting will lead. Sometimes I'm self, I'm self-conscious. I'm not an expert. You know, what, what am I doing? Am I just contributing to the noise? Should I not be podcasting daily? And yet there's a, a bigger part of me that says, I don't care. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I don't know when I'll, I'll keep doing this as long as it's fun. I'm not going to put pressure to do it indefinitely, but now's the time and act on faith. So I guess, um, I guess I'm learning how to navigate also the sort of stress and pressure of providing, a, you know, my business is our source of income and it's not just me anymore. So it's a mortgage, you know, husband, dog, like all these things. And so to be able to hold that on my shoulders, so to speak, and keep moving, and keep my head high and, and keep doing things like this with you. Um, I just feel grateful to have the skills that are allowing me to do that right now. I, I, I like that. I don't care what everybody else says. I like that. And, 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 and what made you me made, made me think as you were talking was that the part about you know, whether or not these kind of, I forget how you say, exactly you said, whether or not these podcasts will turn into something or whatever, but you're, it's, it's what you're, what's bringing you energy and enjoyment right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it's just I, the memo I get energetically, yeah, like yeah. get on the mic, sit your button. That's the most important thing. I am neglecting emails for every hour I spend, you know, recording, editing, uploading, whatever the podcast, um, neglecting a lot of stuff and I don't care. So there's also a certain, like my mind doesn't necessarily know what it's for yet, but there's a call to action that I feel in my body. Oh, so I thought when you said memo, I thought what, what came to my mind was this is a way of journaling. Oh, that's true too. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, look folks, uh, before you guys got on with this, like, honestly, I don't care if anyone else is listening. I, this for me, this is almost therapeutic at some level to get my ideas out. Cause, cause I do a lot of you know, as, as I'm working by myself, yeah, I'm, I'm consulting and those kind of things. But some of the things I talked about today was the first time my brain actually put one plus one and made two out of something. And so I've made some mental leaps and not that I don't care about the audience, but obviously they're important, but it's been helpful to me. But I'm, as you said, a memo, you know, like what in a year from now or 10 years from now, or as you know, one day I'll have grandkids, hopefully it's like, Hey, dad had this thing. And they're like, okay, dad, war stories. We know COVID-19, you know, where's your medal. Um, but I think it's important for us to, to at some level as, 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 as what made me think was it, it's, it is at some level important for us to document our thoughts. Uh, I think these, the, the podcasts or the, the things that we share in this little bit of time we have together, no, it's, it's really important. And there's nobody, um, that's not the right word. 
it, it doesn't, if, if no one else is listening to it, at least there's two people who are at this time engaging in a conversation or sharing something that will last forever and will be marked in time and journaling, as you mentioned earlier about business journaling and how they change, because it'll be interesting. And I'm curious to see what we will be saying the next time we talk or a year from now as we look back and think about how different, uh, what that third door option was, right? What, what became the third door? I'm sorry, I'm ranting again, but yeah. And I, and I also think, who am I to say, who's going to hear this and how many people will hear it? So maybe no one finds it helpful and it's just you and me. And as you said, I quoted a therapist in Pivot, her name's Lisa Danielchuk, who she has this term reciprocal transformation. Mm. So by each of us, and that goes for all of you listening, serving in whatever way you can, you are being transformed as well. So the whole notion of giving and service and connection is about reciprocal transformation. It's that altruistic selfishness, if you will, like, wow, I get relief. I feel better just by doing something and taking one small action or, oh, I got to answer some of my questions today selfishly on this podcast, but maybe somebody listening has the same ones. And we can't always know that that's true. And also I figure there may be somebody who right now, they're not even in social isolation. Well, that really bungled that one. (laughs) They're not even in social isolation. And yet a week from now, they might go back and say, oh, I know there's a podcast on that topic. Or I know it's from somebody that I appreciate listening to or enjoy listening to because a lot of people are saying the same things. It's just a question of who do you resonate with? And I hope that that's encouraging for listeners as well and businesses. Sure. A lot of people, and I think, Michael, let's save this for a future topic, a future show, but the sort of like massive influx of corporate communications, there's been memes online about people joking, like, does every single list I ever signed up for in the last 10 years need to message me right now? So there is a lot of that. But at the same time, we all have our own unique voice, our own channel, our own resonance. And we're going to find each other. This is the whole thing about creating community during this time. We're going to find the people that we need to hear from. And I believe we'll find them purposefully and serendipitously as well. That's so much more eloquent than my my brain doing one plus one and getting two. That's <laughs> That was a good one. And I can no longer say social isolation. I guess try saying that five times fast yeah. at, at 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, Michael. Reciprocal transformation. Right? Is that what you said? Yeah, but try social isolation. Try There's so many like. Yeah. Try it. So, oh, thank you, Jenny. <laughs> social isolation. See, it takes a lot of articulation somehow. It does. Michael, once again, this has been so helpful, enjoyable, informative. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. And I already look forward to our next jam session on all this. Ditto. Jamming on COVID-19. Never thought those words would have put thought? In, the same, in the same sentence. I know. Seriously. All right, but- all right, folks, be well and wash your hands. And thank you again for everything that you're doing within and for the medical community. I know I speak for so many of us when I say we really, really appreciate it. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice-monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. 
Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast. And connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always? <laughs>